0: Time for the Rockies Rundown, talking all things Colorado Rockies baseball. Here are your hosts, Jerry Schimmel and Tanner Schwint. Good Thursday afternoon, Northern Colorado. Welcome in to Rockies Rundown, presented by AutoPlex. I'm Tanner Schwint, joining me from the Big Apple. It is Jerry Shimmy Schimmel. Jerry, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Tanner. How about you? Doing great, man. Thanks so much for uh, setting some time aside here uh, on a Thursday to
1: join me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some baseball.
0: Let's do it, Jerry. And how about you introduce our guest joining us now uh, here as well with us, Jerry?
1: Yeah, Jeff Houston, former Rockies player and uh, former, uh, I think, 10 year major leaguer with a number of different teams and now on the broadcast crew for, I, I shouldn't say he's a former uh, Rocky. But uh, he's on the broadcast crew and lots of Major League Baseball experience. And just one of the better guys, uh, Tanner, you're going to meet. You're going to run into a former player who doesn't act like a former player. He's a a very, very humble guy. So welcome in, Jeff.
0: Oh, we'll we'll try and get uh, Jeff back up on the line there. Jerry, are you still there? it uh, looks like we may have lost both of them. We're going to work to to get both of those guys back up on the line here. Uh it's Rockies run down here. Jeff Houston, of course, Huey from AT&T SportsNet will be joining us as well. We'll get uh, Jerry and uh, uh and Jeff back up on the line here shortly, but uh, uh we're going to dive into it. Obviously, yesterday was a mess for the Colorado Rockies. They lose 16 to 4, man. And uh really the bullpen looked good after Jose Urania gave up nine runs. Nine runs in an inning and a third. First Major League pitcher to do that. Uh, so that's that's not a reason you want to be in the history books by any stretch of the imagination. The bullpen goes really smoothly through the third, through the seventh inning. Austin Gomber looked great. Robert Stevenson in his first inning looked really good. Uh, and then he gave up a three-run bomb in the eighth. Uh, Ulysse Jassine comes in uh, and gives up four runs in the top of the ninth inning. The Rangers beat the Rockies 16 to 4 yesterday uh, the Rockies fall to 54 and 71 on the year uh, we're gonna be talking about Jerry uh, uh, talking with Jerry and Jeff here about uh, the last couple of games here through the end of the season uh we've got Jerry back up sorry Jerry about that you can, can
1: you hear me my friend I got you now, Tanner. Yeah, all right. Yeah.
0: There, we're we're working back there to uh, get Jeff back on the line. But uh, uh, we're uh, like you were talking twelve year career for Jeff Houston, and and it, now I got to know. I've been debating this all day. Do I do I call him uh, Jeff right off the bat, or do I call him Huey? Because that's all I know him <laughs> by.
1: Well, I think you can call him Huey. I'm one of those guys that that I think you have to get to know somebody before you call them their nickname. But that's just me. But he goes by Huey with everybody, so I think you're good with Huey.
0: All right, good. I I just needed that advice, Jerry, because I've been debating. It it cost me sleep last night. I didn't didn't know what I was supposed to supposed to go with this. But uh, uh, how was your flight into New York last night, Jerry?
1: So I'll tell you. Here's what you do. You call him Jeff the first time. He read the next time.
0: Okay. All right. I appreciate exactly. it. Okay. This yeah, flight these was are, good.
1: Flight, these... flight was good. We were a little delayed getting out of Denver. We had to wait for some planes to clear out, but uh, flight was nice and nice and smooth. And uh, I got to the hotel. I think around one thirty this morning.
0: Good. I, I love it, man. I love to love to hear it. Thanks for uh, jumping on. All right, Jerry. We do have Jeff on the line now.
1: All right. Uh, Jeff Houston joins us now Jeff is a former major leaguer of course 12-year career and one of the great things about Huey is undrafted undrafted free agent who spent all this time in Major League Baseball and now is a broadcaster for AT&T Sportsnet cover in the Rockies and Huey thanks for taking the time I appreciate it. Oh you're welcome anytime it's great to t- talk baseball I just obviously it's in my blood and my DNA so I love it. Jeff let me ask you the first question here uh, we're in New York obviously four-game series and and um, did you – and you're not doing the game tonight from here, but you're in the studio with at and Sportsnet. How did you enjoy your time playing in the Big Apple, either against the Yankees or the Mets? Oh, I loved
2: it. I, I just thought there was just a certain energy about it that was yeah. amazing that you don't get really anywhere else, even at the bigger parks – like la or or even in boston there's just a different vibe when you're playing in queens or the bronx and i tell you what those people are ruthless too (laughs) (laughs) they'll let you know one way or the other how they feel about you but um it it was fun because obviously coming up in the national league it was first the mets for me and that's back you know daryl strawberry doc good and uh Sid fernandez all those guys so that was not a picnic when you were going in there for sure and then later on going over to yankee stadium and and at first what was really cool about old yankee stadium first of all was standing in that box the very first time i got in that left-handed batter's box and thinking to myself holy cow this is where babe Ruth stood and so when you think of it that way you're like okay this is pretty cool
0: well, and, and Jeff, you know, Tanner Schwendt here. Thanks so much for joining the program, uh, uh, Jeff. But w- when you're doing that, how do you, you know, kind of battle that off and say, okay, I still got a bat here. I still, I still
2: got to be locked into the game. Well, what you do is you get in the batter's box, you think about that, and then you step out for like five minutes. <laughs> and you go, okay, now I got, I got to really focus because if I don't, something bad's going to happen. But then, of course, later on playing against the Yankees all those years when they were so good and, and just admiring Derek Jeter and, and all those guys as you're playing against them and you get out to the second base, talk to Jeter and so, so forth. So it, it was a lot of fun, but it it's definitely i think one of those places when you go play you better be prepared to play otherwise it's going to be it's going to be tough
1: hey jeff i'll ask you about the rockies here in a moment but just with your career undrafted and you end up playing 12 years in major league baseball that just doesn't happen very often what do you think the difference was for you How, how did you as an undrafted guy become a major leaguer and then stick for that long in your opinion
2: well, I caught a couple of breaks early on, at least in my in my first year or two, because um, I had gotten a break to go play with some higher teams, like the 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 A ball team, because I was scheduled to go to rookie ball, and I just kind of played pretty well, and then I just, and a couple guys, believe it or not, failed drug tests and did all that, so it gave me an opportunity, and then it was a case where I just kept getting better as a player. I probably could have been drafted, and I was told I was going to be drafted, but I was a real, real late bloomer. And so I think all those skill sets I had as a smaller guy, because when I graduated from high school I was only five nine and maybe a buck fifty of that. And I just kept getting bigger and stronger and faster and I think I just peaked at the right time.
0: How long did that chip stay on your shoulder, uh, Jeff, about you know, about not getting drafted, or was there one about not getting drafted?
2: It's still there. It is. <laughs> Yeah, because to me, when I look at it and I think about how, proud I am of that because it's not easy. And, to, and as Jerry was saying, since we've reached 10 years of big leagues and I know we Rockies have a couple guys that that's happened to this year, there's only about 6 or 7% of the guys that have been able to do that. So actually, that's what drove me my whole career because even if we'd go on vacation or something like that, I'd plan my workouts around what I could do because I always felt like somebody was going to outwork me and I, I I never wanted that. And so to, to this day, I still kind of use that monitor as as my life is wait a second if I'm not getting better what am I doing so that's kind of how I think about it
1: Jeff let me ask about the team about the Rockies 54 and 71 is the record entering play tonight and and you look at that record do you see and go back to the beginning of the season do you see underachieving overachieving or is this team kind of where you thought it might be I think it's underachieving to a certain extent. I thought coming out of
2: spring training, just being able to watch them, uh, I thought it would be a little bit higher. I, you know, I, didn't, I never said a game number, but just, just kind of looking at it now, I just kind of feel that way that, you know, there's been certain aspects of the team that have done well, and then there's other aspects of the team that haven't. And collectively as a team, you ju- they just haven't played up consistent enough to be where I think they should be.
0: Well, and it seems like throughout the year, Jeff, that that you know the pitching would be on for one game, and then the bats would go quiet. I mean, they just haven't been able to put it all together. And then yesterday, for instance, it seems like nothing was working. What is that flight like to New York after you just get schlacked sixteen to four?
2: It, it, it's long. I mean, it's a long flight anyway. But it's it's uh, one of those soul searching type of things too, because you look at it and you had a chance to to sweep the, the Rangers on a. Throughout the season, you know, you, you would have beat them. But that, that, one was, that one was tough because from the get-go, you were just battling the whole way and battling uphill. And, and to your point, Darren, it that's kind of where the season is. Is like you'll get great pitching, um, not good hitting, or the defense would suffer. So there was never really a moment where all three, which you need at this level especially, where all three were clicking at the same time.
1: Jeff, I know you got to go in a minute or two here. Uh, last question for me, and I want to ask about Brendan Rodgers. Four for 54 to start the season, just a miserable month of April. Have you ever seen, in your time playing or uh, as a broadcaster, seen a turnaround offensively like this guy has had this year? No, I haven't. And it's just, it, it's quite remarkable
2: when you think about that. And, and for a guy that, there were such high expectations, and then to come out of the gate so bad and then to to have the mental strength to withstand it. I was talking to Brendan about this the other day. He goes, man, I I lean on so many people in the locker room, but I lean on my parents. He goes, there was even times I was wondering, man, am I going to get sent down? What's going to happen? And to look at where he's at now, he's got a chance to maybe hit 300, which is just crazy. His defense early in the year suffered, I think, because his offense wasn't what, and now you look at it. So I'm extremely proud because I know how hard it is to be, um, counted on, but how hard it is to recover from something like that. I always say the first hundred at-bats coming out of a season are the most important because you feel like either one, I'm up on the hill and and everything's going good, or for Brendan, you're way down in that ditch, and how do I ever recover?
0: No, it's been impressive to watch, and and I I think everybody was clamoring for him. Okay, let's send him back down to AAA for a minute, and boy, it's a good thing the Rockies didn't because he has been a bright spot. Uh, But for you, Jeff, as you evaluate this team going forward, obviously What are the changes that need to be made for this team to be competitive and get get back to where the Rockies want to be?
2: Well, I think there's some some things. Obviously, you've got to figure out the starting rotation. Who's going to be a part of that as you move forward? I know there's two or three guys, especially with Antonio going out. Um, and then the killer for the for the bullpen was losing Tyler Kinley. That one really hurt. But I think another year for Lucas Gilbreth, of course, Daniel Bard. But you've got to find a couple more pieces out there. And then finally, you need a healthy Chris Bryant. I, I mean, bottom line, you need him to be able to come out next year. And even if he comes back this year for a little bit, just, to prove he's healthy. If not, next year, you know that that, that one really hurt because they only play 42 games, and you're losing a key cog of that offense.
0: Jeff, appreciate your time. Thank you so much, my friend, for jumping on here. Really appreciate it, and and love all the work that you do uh, with AT and T Sportsnet. Uh, Jeff Houston, thank you so much.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Huey.
0: There you go. There's uh, Jeff Houston, uh, Jerry. I went with Jeff the entire time. I got scared. <laughs> well,
1: that's safe. <laughs> that's safe. safe I, Good pl-
0: job. I played the safe game there, but uh, the next no, he-
1: time we have him on, you call him
0: Huey. Okay. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir, Jimmy. Uh, oh. But uh, no, his story is truly incredible because we've talked a lot about this, Jerry. Like uh, it, it's such a long road for even the guys who get drafted to get that that major league call up, and for a guy to get undrafted and then have a 12-year career? It's unheard of.
1: It really is. And you know what's interesting, Tanner, is that uh, I actually met the guy that signed him. Um, I think it was I, I, Texas Rangers, maybe, or it might have been Montreal. Uh, anyway, Jeff introduced me one time in spring training, the guy that signed him. And I said to this guy, I think this is one of the greatest signs, signings you, you've ever had. This is a guy that was undrafted. You saw enough potential in him, and he played for 10 years or 12 years, whatever it was. And he said, you might have really thought about that. You know, we think about our first-round picks and, you know, the guys that have a lot of success, and we feel good about that. That I've never really thought about Jeff being that great decision I had, but you're right about that. So, yeah, it's it's a great story. and. You know Now Now I know I've never really talked to Jeff about that, but he's being a late bloomer makes total sense now, late bloomer f- physically, so uh, good for him. He had a tre- tremendous career.
0: Yeah, he, he certainly did. Uh, the numbers are there to back it up as well. Hey, we're going to grab a break. When we come back on the other side, the 2023 schedule has already been unveiled with a couple of big team names coming to Coors Field next year. The travel does not look fun for Jerry Schimmel next year, I can tell you that. But uh, we're going to talk about the 2023 schedule when we come back. It's Rockies. Rundown presented by Autoplex. On Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 13.10 KFK.
2: The Rockies are on. 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA.
0: Welcome back into the Allo Communications Studios, I'm Tanner Schwint. This is Rocky's Rundown. Jerry Schimmel joining us uh, this afternoon, as always. Jerry, the 2023 schedule
1: has already come out. Do you do you dive into that right off the bat? Oh, a little bit, Tanner. I, I kind of look at the road trips and see what's coming up and you know, look for off days and you know, kind of get an idea of what that schedule looks like. But, uh, no, I don't. You know it's interesting when it came out the other day. Jesse and Jack, uh, uh, Jack Corgan, my partner, Jesse, the uh, engineer in the booth, they talked about it for an hour. Seriously, they talked about it for a straight hour. Like we're going to do this, we're going to have this day off, we're going to play golf here, all that. I was like, all right, I'll just wait till it happens. So, <laughs> you no, know, I, I, I really, I really don't dig into too much. You know, I, I knew that the schedule was going to be different this year. You're not playing. You're playing what twelve games in your division rather than eighteen. So you're going to play more teams. Gonna play all the teams at least once, so I was looking forward to you know going to some cities that I haven't been to for a while. So no, I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: No, it, it seems like it seems like a good one, and um, I was I've always, I'm always curious, and especially Jerry, you know when it's been a rough year for the Rockies and, and you know broadcasting uh, this season, and you're in the middle of these long stretches being away from home and things like that, and and we've talked about it. It's always easier when your team's good, and that hasn't been the case for the Rockies this year. Uh, it seems like now would be a bad time to look at that schedule because you're like, really, I've got got to go to this place i got to go to this place seems like you might be able to paint that in a negative light
1: (laughs) well i kind of look at it differently i'm thinking you know maybe the team's gonna be better next year and we go into you know atlanta or new york whatever we're going to and this team is good and we can contend and we can maybe knock a team off and surprise some people it's always fun for me so and i also got i got family scattered all over the country so i look forward to trips to see those guys as well so Um, You know, I I, I look at it as a positive way. You know, I I enjoy the travel. Um, It's you know, tough. It it was a lot, lot more difficult, Tanner, when I was younger and had uh, kids that were home. Our our kids, two kids, are now adults and out of the house. It was a little tougher traveling back in the NBA days when they were young, but I enjoy it now, especially since the kids are older. So. No, I look at it in a positive way.
0: Yeah, and I think that that would certainly be the case. So, where is what is your favorite road trip, Jerry? What is the stadium that you always love to go to? What is the town that you always love to go to?
1: You know, I think there's there's a couple of them. Uh, Fenway Park is probably my favorite place to visit in terms of just a. A, a stadium, and we're going there next year. We've I've been there twice now with the Rockies, and going there next year, uh, play a three game series, I think, against the the Red Sox. So that's my favorite park. Wrigley is is pretty cool uh, as well because of the history there, and the city and the ballpark that I really love is San Diego. Petco Park is just a beautiful place. Yeah, it's I... a gr- it's a great stadium, a great setting, uh, right there in downtown, the skyline and everything. The radio booth is. Teeny tiny. It's the smallest one in baseball, besides Wrigley Field. But it's a great place to visit. I, I really enjoy that trip.
0: No, I, th- those are those are the usual ones that, that I kind of expected f- uh, from you there, Jerry. But uh, what's what's your least favorite road trip then to make?
1: Oh, let's see. You know, Dodger Stadium is. Yeah, you're playing the Dod, the big bad Dodgers, and they're <laughs> arrogant, and you know they show up late and they leave early, and uh, I just the the whole Dodger of the stadium experience, now that the Vin Scully is gone, it's just one that I don't really care for a whole lot. People are friendly enough in the booth, but I don't know. I just I could take that or
0: leave it. No, I I, I hear you for that. I mean, I try and avoid California no matter what, but uh, yeah, yeah for, for for a variety of reasons there, Jerry. But you know, the Rockies got a you know thirty uh, some odd games left, I believe, and uh, uh, it's just been one of those seasons, Jerry. And uh, it's got to be it's got to be difficult now for them to to really dig deep and, and play as a team. And I think that's always been interesting about baseball overall because it truly is an individual sport but your team's got to have your back too i mean it's it's very weird makeup what is the message coming from buddy black about trying to get these guys staying together or, or is that something the rockies are struggling with right now
1: no i i think that has never been the issue i, I really really don't think that's been the case the clubhouse is a bunch of really good guys and I, i'm serious about that and that is by design the rockies just don't have time for for knuckleheads as i call them and so, and I've seen a few along the way, and they usually end up being traded or or released by this team because they they're just not good teammates. So uh, it's a it's a great roster full of great guys. It really is. And I think right now to answer your question about Bud Black is, and Bud was asked this the other day. He says, you know, we got to win as many games as we can. That's still the the what we're getting paid for. It's why we take the field is to win the game. He said. On top of that, we want to see take a look at some guys. We want to see what. You know, Ryan Feltner going to pitch tonight against Jacob Degrom. See what he looks like again tonight. Um, get Montero some more at bats and see what you got with him. The bullpen piece. Uh, what what do you have moving forward? Kind of like Jeff Houston talked about. I think you want to obviously go out and try to win every single game, but you want to kind of look toward the future a little bit. See what kind of pieces are right for your team moving forward, and maybe which ones are not.
0: Well, and I think that's huge. I was wondering, do you think we're going to see any more? more uh, call-ups uh, before the, the year's over here, Jerry? I mean, ov- obviously, Eliris Montero has come up, and I think he's starting to to, to find his groove just a little bit. Uh, but do you expect any more call-ups from the minors?
1: I really don't, uh, t- Tanner, and and I get that sense from Bill Schmidt when I was talking to him the other day. I think if there's an injury or two, certainly there's a possibility of some minor leaguers coming up. But I don't think there's really anybody – uh, at Triple A Albuquerque that they want to really take a look at right now. There's some guys who are having good seasons. There's some guys that have been brought up from double A AA to triple A, guys like Tolia and some others, but I think that's just to get them more experience at Triple A. So um I really I, I really don't think so. I think if you if you had Ezekiel Tovar who started out in double A and then has been hurt, I think if he would have continued to play And going up to AAA, I think they would have probably brought him up just to take a peek at him. That's kind of the hint I got from Bill Schmidt about a month ago. I don't think that's going to happen now. So barring injuries, I I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody really that they they want to say, all right, let me give him some time. Um, I think it's right now, hey, play the season out like we have it.
0: Well, and, and this is the struggle with baseball too. I mean, when, when you're when things are going great, it's a lot of fun because you do play every day, and and you've got those road trips, and you're out there, and you're winning games. But when it's not, I mean, that's got to be a difficult mindset to keep yourself engaged and locked into, Jerry.
1: I, I think there that is for some guys. I think what happens, Tanner, is once you get to the ballpark. And you get in the locker room and you put the jersey on you come out and, hit, and, and take batting practice and you're in a major league stadium and then the game starts you got fans and you got people cheering and booing and all that I think all that that kind of mindset is taken out, and you just go out and try to execute time-tested baseball fundamentals and try to win a game. So, I think when you like last night, you get beat sixteen to four, and you head to the airport, and everybody's got their head hanging. and it's a long, it's a four-hour flight, and we're delayed, and I think everybody and it was really hot on the plane when we got on the plane. I think everybody was kind of down a little bit at that point. But here we are today, and, and you take the bus over, and guys are, are talkative, and they're cheerful, and they're excited, and they're energetic, enthusiastic, and ready to put the uniform on and play again tonight.
0: Uh, it's it's interesting. You got to be really mentally tough too. And and, yep. and Jerry, when you look at this team, I mean, like you mentioned, fifty four and seventy one. They've got the sixth worst run differential in all of baseball. Uh, and a lot of that has come on the road. I mean, eighteen and thirty nine. They're only one of two teams who haven't won twenty plus games on the road. What do you attribute that to?
1: That's a that's a million dollar question that we've been asking for what twenty nine years now, Tanner. It's just I think it's. It's probably a number of factors. I think I think one, the ball just doesn't move at at you know Coors Field like it does on the road, and you have to make that adjustment as a hitter when you get on the road, and you certainly have to make that adjustment as a pitcher when you get on the road. I think Coors Field, and it was a short series homestand this time, but Coors Field will beat you up a little bit. It, it really will. It, uh, like you know a six or nine games uh, homestand you're at altitude, you get beat up a little bit. Guys will tell you that, that after, you know, that sixth or seventh or eighth game, you're just worn down. And so you have to make that adjustment back to sea level again. So I think there's a lot of factors. I think a a big factor now is Tanner, to be honest, I think it's in guys' head. I mean, look at tonight. You're going, okay, we're back at sea level. We're away from Coors Field. We're facing Jacob DeGrom. It's going to be a long night. And when you start thinking that, and I'm not saying guys consciously – you know, tell themselves that. When you start thinking that, then you're already defeated a little bit. So I think it's a little bit mental. It certainly is physical, but I think it's a number of factors that, that, uh, that point to that. Because the Rockies have never had a lot of success on the road, even with their good teams. They're lucky if they're 500.
0: So, I mean, is this something that, that, that the Rockies need to go for more youth, Jerry? I mean, if it does beat them up that bad, uh, do they need to go for more youth? Because you, you can count on one hand the, the veterans who played, you know, their entire career in Colorado or the majority of their re- career in Colorado and have been really productive players. You think Todd Helton, you, you, you obviously think of uh, Charlie Blackman as well. Uh, but is this something where it, maybe it needs to be more of a youth who, does, who doesn't who does know any better?
1: Uh, I kind of doubt it, Tanner. I know there, there's probably something to that. And, you know, young guys who are very confident players, I think a guy like Brendan Rodgers, I'm, I'm watching him right now take ground balls, I think a guy like that doesn't have any of this phasing. he just goes up there and tries to hit the ball hard somewhere. Um, And and Charlie Blackman is a guy that's always hit pretty well on the road, and the numbers the last couple years are down. But then you've got a guy like like Jose Iglesias, who's one of the best road hitters in the game this year. And I talked to him about it, and he says, you know what, just take the same approach. Just take the same approach on the road you do at home, and that is see the ball and try to hit the ball hard somewhere. And I think when you take that approach, good things will happen and, and you can overcome a lot of these factors. So I don't know if youth is the, the, the answer to that or not. It, I think it depends on the player. I think you get a young player that comes to, you know, City Field or Yankee Stadium away from course field after playing ten days and he has to make that adjustment no matter how confident and athletic he might be. So there might be something to that, but I doubt it. I think it's more a mindset than anything.
0: All right. Well, I mean, and, and we know how difficult that is to, to get a full team uh, with that mindset, or at least the majority of it, that can spread amongst the other people. I mean, you, you listen, C.J. Crone, uh, from the back half of last year to the first half of this year, I don't know if there was a better hitter in baseball, and now you're seeing him fall off a little bit too, Jerry. So uh, it, it's just it's just such an interesting complex that the Rockies have to deal with.
1: It's a, you know I think it's a special player that can stay consistent for a whole season and certainly for a long career. I mean you you look at some guys and, and there are some of those players across major League Baseball. I was looking at Yadier Molina's numbers the other day what's his eighth seventeenth or 18th season all with St. Louis and Tanner, it's amazing how consistent he has been. He's never really had big offensive years. But he's just been steady the whole time, and that's that kind of special player. You get some guys that'll have the big years and the down years, and you know they'll go back and forth a little bit, but I, I just have tremendous respect for the guys who keep it consistent, have done that and had success year after year, like Molina and some other guys. I mean uh, those are the guys that, 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 that are winners you want on your team and try to keep on your team as long as you can.
0: 2.34 the time. It's Rocky's Rundown presented by Autoplex. If you're in uh, northern Colorado and listen, the heat's still here. Or if you just want your vehicle looking better, go get that window tint done at Autoplex. You mentioned KFK received 10% off of that Autoplex presenting uh, Rocky's Rundown. When we come back on the other side, uh, the article come out uh, the other day talking about is it time for Bud Black to go. Jerry and I will discuss next on Northern Colorado's Voice, one oh three one and 1310 KFK. Back in Rockies rundown presented by Autoplex. I'm Tanner Schwind, voice of the Colorado Rockies. Jerry Schimmel joining us.
1: Are you at the field right now, Jerry? you At City Field? I am. I'm up in the radio booth.
0: All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. We're, we're interrupting all of your stats and your preparation and everything like that. So if it's a if it's a C, you know, if it's a, if it's a terrible performance, which I don't know if you've ever given one because you're always not terrible, Jerry. Uh, but but if it is, I'll take the blame for that.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. Hey, you know what? Guy's got to have his priorities. And, Pam, you are my priority today
0: can we cut that please angel can we cut that and i just i'm just going to set that as uh, like my daily affirmation uh, that jerry schimmel once told that to me jerry but uh hey i saw there was an article that came out uh, that said listen we know uh, dick montford's not going to sell the team uh, bill schmidt's very new into his gm role and uh you know there, it's still to be t- determined how he does as that general manager uh, there was an article that came out that was suggesting that, that a change at the manager level needed to happen. What are your initial thoughts, Jerry?
1: Uh, I don't see that. honestly don't tanner I, I think Bud Black's done a great job. I think that to, if you ask any player and you put a gun to their head, everybody will tell you in that in our clubhouse anyway that they love playing for Buddy Black. I mean I think he does a great job of putting guys in a position to relax and to play baseball and, 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 and succeed and do their best. So I know the season has been disappointing when you're 54 and 71, somebody is always looking for the fall guy. I don't think that should be Bud Black. And you're, and you're right. The team's not going to be sold. The general manager's not moving. You know, I think the only way that Bud Black might not be the manager here again, I think he's got two years left on his contract is if, other team came in after him, like the Angels, where he coached for a while, Um, and and he wanted to have a change of scenery or thought he had a better chance to win somewhere else. He might go, but I don't think it's uh, the organization going to let him go or fire him. I just don't think – that's going to happen. I don't think it's the right
0: thing to have happen either. No, and, and I've even said this when talking about Bud Black. I think the only way that he goes, and and this has just been the Dick Monfort way uh, for for good or for bad, is that when they find their guys, they stick with them through, through thick and thin. Uh, it's just been a lot more thin than it has been thick lately. Uh, but you know that Angels job is that's a that's an interesting one that you throw out there. They're just a perplexing team because you've got two truly generational talents in Shohei Ohtani and Mike and yet they have been just horrendous this year
1: you know we were talking about them for a long time yesterday on the broadcast tanner uh and and i don't know if you're one of our seven listeners who was listening that team <laughs> um you now jack and i were talking about the and that is what an enigma right i mean that that's a team that's got tremendous talent two of the greatest players on earth are on that team i guess it goes to show you need more than two but um i keep thinking every year they're going to win they're going to be a championship contender and every year they 're the same way, they just disappoint, so they, they make a lot of changes, but it just seems like the the pieces never. Quite fit together in Los Angeles with the Angels, so teams, uh, I, I guess, is going to be up for sale here pretty soon. And I don't know if Otani's coming to act; he's a free agent after this season. So I think it'll be interesting to keep our eye on that one with their manager and with their ownership.
0: Both, yeah, it is, and I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I know the Dodgers have just dominated Los Angeles, but it seems like the the markets there. You know, you've got two two guys that uh, there's no two better people to market around in baseball than than those two and what Shohei Ohtani does. I mean, I feel like the average baseball fan doesn't understand just how good and how rare and, and a true unicorn that Shohei Ohtani is.
1: Yeah, no question about that. And every time I, I look at his stats, I'm just amazed. I mean, and then, you know, every fifth day he takes a ball, he's on the mound, and, and I was watching uh, a little bit of the video, like, like nine strikeouts in the sixth inning the other day, so – yeah, it, it's just phenomenal what he's able to do. And, and he just keeps going. I, I I keep thinking, all right, they're going to uh, probably pull him off the mound sometime and, and just have him be a regular uh, position player, probably a DH. And then, then he has these outstanding starts, and you're thinking you can't take him off the mound. He's just too good, one of the best pitchers in the game. So, yeah, it's remarkable. It really is. It's, uh, you know, you got Mike Trout, who's – probably been the best player in the game for the past decade. Then you've got this guy, like you said, who's the unicorn who is just so incredibly special.
0: Yeah, ten and eight this year. Two two eighty three ERA Jerry and a whip of one point one. That is just ridiculous numbers that you're talking about. Uh maybe the Rockies need to go get Shohei. You think he could pitch in <laughs> at, at Coors?
1: Well, you know what? Stranger things have happened. <laughs> probably he's in line for a big paycheck wherever he goes, whether he stays or goes somewhere else. So I just hope it doesn't. You know, I, I just hope it doesn't happen with the Dodgers. The Yan- it just seems like the Yankees and the Dodgers always come up with some kind of package to, you know, trade for a guy or the money to, to sign a free agent. So. I kind of hope he stays in Los Angeles I like when guys try to play their whole career in one spot but you know who knows what, what's what's gonna happen with that guy especially with the team being for sale
0: well and Jerry when you talk about that I think that that addresses a bigger issue with baseball right now and that's the competitive balance and and here's the thing uh, the MLB wants the Dodgers the Yankees the Mets uh, of the world to to be the team to the, the teams that dominate uh, they want that because that's the bigger market uh, and they keep seemingly having an excuse for trying to to fix the competitive balance uh, in the league because there's always a team that goes out there and has one of the lowest payrolls in the league but still contends for a playoff spot or gets into a playoff spot. You look at uh, what the Tampa Bay Rays have done in the last couple of years and then this year with the Baltimore Orioles. It just seems like there's always one team who who spends no money, who still competes, and the MLB doesn't have to address the competitive balance uh, in the league.
1: Yeah, there there always is that that team, although that couple of teams every year, and that's what I think keeps a lot of interest in baseball. And Tanner, I don't know necessarily when you when you say baseball wants the Yankees and the Dodgers to win, uh, I don't know who who that baseball is. Whether it's you know the commissioner or whoever that might be, I think the fan wants competitive balance, and I think Major League Baseball wants what the fan wants. I I, I think I think Major League Baseball would love it if the pittsburgh pirates and the colorado rockies would meet in the playoffs i think they would love that um i don't think it's all about the yankees and dodgers every single year in the, in the red sox they have the biggest payroll so they should have more success on their team but i don't i don't know that major league baseball necessarily wants that and, and people talk about the tv markets and all that i think uh you know, a, a, a team like the Cubs, if they made the World Series again, would be incredibly popular to fans, no matter whether on the West Coast or East Coast. So, I, I think, yeah, Major League Baseball has a problem, and the competitive balance is is so extreme right now. It's not like the NBA. It's not like Major League or like uh, the NFL. It is poor and rich, and I wish there was
0: less of that going forward yeah and so you don't think that that east coast and west coast bias plays a role at all jerry no i i it
1: plays a role
0: in what in what, in what the what they <laughs> deem is best for the league i mean don't they think the, the best thing that could happen for the m for mlb this year would be for the new york yankees and the new york mets to square off in the world series
1: uh I, it could be, Tanner. I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm not at anybody's head in Major League Baseball in the commissioner's office. I don't know. I, I know I always hear, well, if you get larger markets, the TV ratings will be better. Maybe that's the case. You make a little bit more money. I I, don't, I think that's blown up a little bit. I, I I think Major League Baseball would love to have teams that don't make the, the World Series every – look at the look at the Kansas City Royals. They've been in the World Series right. twice in the last 30 years. In between – it's World Series appearances, thirty seasons. I don't think Major League Baseball likes that. I don't think they think that's healthy at all. I think they would like the opposite. They would like the Kansas City Royals to make the World Series as often as the Dodgers do. I really do.
0: What's what's the way to fix that? I mean, is it a salary cap?
1: I think it is, but you know that's never going to happen. You know that's that's probably so. What you do is you try to you know uh, you, you got the, the salary cap, and then you get fined if you go over it. But you can go over it anytime you want to. So I think that's the best you can do. You know, it, what it comes down to, Tanner, is local TV money. So the Rockies get about $55 million in local TV money when the Dodgers get $275 million.
2: So that's, that's insane. That's
1: the, yeah, it's, it is insane. It's you know, They make five times more money just in a TV contract than the Rockies do. And I don't know if you can ever be competitive year after year if you have that that financial situation because you're always going to have more you're going to have five times more money to spend on players if you're in los angeles than you're in denver so what you hope is every once
0: in a while you catch lightning in a bottle and, and you have a good team. Yeah, and that's that's tough for the for the fans of the teams like like the Colorado Rockies, like the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, the, these teams that are out here and, and you look at the NOS and you're looking at the money that the Padres are spending, which doesn't look like it's paying off very well for them, but you look at the money that they're spending out there and you just shake your head and say, you know, am I just going to be in pain watching my team every single year? Because we know, you know, Dick Moss. Ma- still making money on the Rockies. It's still it's still a profitable organization. With uh, you know, when you look at where the Ra- Rockies rank in terms of fan turnout and ticket sales and, and things of that nature, a lot of that, unfortunately, coming from uh, te- uh, fans of other teams. And you know that Jerry broadcasting every game. You you can hear the chance uh, for the other teams every once in a while listening to your guys's broadcast. And, and so, with that being said, it just doesn't seem like there's any incentive for owners to go and make those moves or try and try and invest heavily. And even even if it does take a loss, it just there there doesn't seem to be that incentive out there in the Rockies take a uh, Rockies case specifically.
1: Yeah, I, I think what you you're hoping for is you can duplicate what, like you said, the Tampa Bay Rays have done and been and been competitive. And and Oakland's had some good years with very very low payrolls, and now Baltimore. So you you hope that you can every once in a while find a team like that. Rockies are right in the middle of pack in terms of their salary uh, structure and you know, Dick Mon- I, know, I know people say, yeah, Dick Monk is just printing money and he doesn't care about winning. I can tell you, knowing him and knowing some other people in that organization, man, Tanner, that is just not the case. I know people don't want to hear that. I have a good friend who's uh, one of their, their lead accountants, and he says, we get the same meeting every year from Dick Monk. I don't want to lose money. We don't have to make a profit. We can, let's, let's work to break even this year, and if we get, course the playoffs we need to make a trade or two i'll put some money back in if i need to i don't want to lose money i don't have to make money and people think oh he's just printing money every year man that is just not the case that is not the case with the rockies so uh, i know people don't want to hear that they probably think i'm a cheerleader i get accused of that all the time but that's just the fact and so you can you can take that the way you want to it you want to but that's a fact.
0: No, and I I hear you, Jerry. I mean, in yeah, obviously Dick Monfort uh, uh, out coming from out here in northern Colorado, I, he, he's a lot of things, but he's a very smart businessman, and I can, he doesn't like to lose. I mean, there's I don't know anybody in this world who likes to lose. Uh, it just it's hard to see. Year after year, the trades and the big signs. And then, you know, Chris Bryant misses the majority of this year. And, and Ryan McMahon, he gets that big contract. And boy, has he struggled defensively. It's been so bad for Ryan McMahon this year that we saw a ball actually go through his glove the other day. It's it's just, I mean, it's just those things. It just seems like the Rockies right now cannot absolutely catch a break.
1: You you know you're going bad when the ball goes between the fingers of your glove, right?
0: That's insane to me.
1: That you is. no, yeah. I have never... Seen that in baseball before, ever? Isn't that great? And you know what happened? It led to a run for the other team, and we lost the game by one run. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, you're right. It's really, now, is that the owner's fault? Is yeah. it the owner's yeah. fault that you, got we, hurt? Is the owner's fault that that glove was defective? You know, is the owner's fault that Ryan McMahon's having a bad year. No, it's none of that stuff. It's bad luck, and what I think is. I like the Chris Bryant signing. If he's going to play 160 games, you're going to be a pretty good offense. He's going to help you win games. So, what is he? I think we're 22 and 20 when he's when he plays, something like that. So, you know, if he was healthy, it'd be a great signing, and we'd be excited about it. But. You know, just bad luck and, and bad timing again for this team, and you're right, they just don't seem to be able to catch much of a break.
0: I absolutely do blame Dick Montfort for that glove. I <laughs> do I do I do blame it for that. No, I'm just kidding. It's Rockies right <laughs> now presented by Autoplex. Jerry Schimmel, uh, voice of the Rockies. I'm Tanner Schwent. We'll come back on the other side and wrap this bad boy up. I've got a I've got a theory, and I want to see if Jerry what Jerry's thoughts are. I've got a theory on how the Rockies could possibly win some more games. We'll see what Jerry thinks next. On Northern Colorado's voice one hundred three one and 13. 1510 KFK. Welcome back into the All Communications Studios. It's Rocky's Rundown. Because of some programming changes that are going to be happening around the station with football getting into full swing as well. Uh, this, I believe, will be our last Rockies rundown of the year uh, this year. But it's been a lot of fun uh, talking with Jerry every single Thursday and and uh, having all the guests come on and join us. Been been some great ones throughout uh, the year. Bud Black, I mean, we heard Jeff Houston today, Patrick Saunders, Drew Goodman. All of these guys have been fantastic, Jerry. So so first of all, thank you for for uh, doing this show with me throughout the year, Jerry.
1: Absolutely. It's been fun, Tanner. I've enjoyed it.
0: All right, so I've got a theory now that uh, I want to know if somebody's got it backed up. Um oh Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, and, and Jack's not sitting there next to you, is he? No, he's not. Okay, okay. Because what I'm wondering, Jerry, has anybody done a inning-by-inning inning breakdown of how the Rockies perform when Jack's broadcasting compared to when <laughs> you're broadcasting, Jerry?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe I wish get the analytics people on that.
0: I think we need to. So, so just I mean, looking back at the last couple of games, uh, Jerry. Now you you get the third. I know you get the third and the seventh. What other? You get a couple more innings yeah. in there, right? I
1: I get the second, the third, the sixth, and the seventh.
0: The second, the third, the sixth, and the seventh. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Well, yesterday, obviously, Rockies. All four runs came in the win, Jer- Jerry.
1: Yes. Would, uh-huh. the, seventh seventh, inning. seventh yep. inning.
0: That's right. Uh that three run bomb that CJ Crone hit uh uh the other night uh against Texas uh and what well, that happened in what one inning, Jerry?
1: Seventh inning.
0: And, and that three run bomb that Elaris Montero hit uh at the or excuse me, Elias Diaz hit uh, that came in what inning?
1: Second inning.
0: Second inning. And who's who was broadcasting those, Jerry?
1: Oh, I was on that call. That's, be
0: that's right. That's right. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, Jerry. I think, oh. I think that there's something. There could be something there. You know, you need to get the minds down. The, the analytics team on this.
1: Wow, you know what I'm thinking too. That walk off on Saturday in the tenth inning, yeah, the Rockers. That yeah. was
0: my. End. That was your inning too, Jerry. <laughs> huh? We may have cracked oh, you're gonna, the code.
1: You're get back fired?
0: No, no, no. I don't want to do that. I'm just trying to, trying to help you out, Jerry.
1: <laughs> Try you're
0: the huh? you're, you're uh, the you're the one who does the weeklies with me, man.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I got to think about that a little bit. Okay, so your your idea to make the team better is have me do all all the innings.
0: I think I'm. I mean, I'm thinking so, Jerry. I don't know. Wow, wow. it seems like every oh. time you're you're broadcasting, man, it just seems like that's the Rockies do something productive offensively. Robert Stevenson, right when he pitches the seventh inning. One, two, three <laughs> inning with two strikeouts. Damn, <laughs> and then, you're making me think now. All right. And then the eighth inning, Jerry, what happened? He gave up <laughs> a, a, a three run bomb. <laughs> I don't know why my brain works the way that it does, Jerry, but uh, I was just noticing that the last couple of a uh, couple of wow. innings, uh, or excuse me, the last couple of games, it's been when Jerry Schimmel's on that call, man, it just seems mm. like you get the you get the positive for the Rockies going.
1: You know what I think, Tanner. I think if you went back and looked at all his innings, they would probably come out just about the even. <laughs> I'm guessing, way. Jack does the extra. He does, you know, he does five because he does the ninth inning, um, and I do four. But I bet if we, we we picked four innings and his four innings and mine, we'd probably be about the same. That's my guessing.
0: I'm going to get some KFK, the the sharpest of the KFK minds on it. Okay,
1: all right. All right. Do
0: you have any of those? There? Uh, yeah, you know, somewhere we'll uh, we'll get Mike on it. Uh, hey, Jerry, uh, what you got uh, going about four thirty today? Is that right? Yes, four thirty pregame show. Rocky's on deck. Yes, sir. All right, and you going to talk with us on Good Morning Noco tomorrow? I am. All Looking right. Forward to it. Jerry. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Love you, buddy. Have uh, have a safe trip, and we'll talk with you real soon. Okay.
1: Okay, Tanner, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning, my friend.
0: All right, there you go. There's Jerry Schimmel, voice of the Colorado Rockies. You have uh, the Rich Eisen Show coming next. Rams Weekly coming your way at 5. Thanks, everybody, for being with us.